0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 105 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best Omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have extended interviews with both Boyd Martin and Wendy Malik, Keith Dane, and Monty Roberts, and they're all about wild horses and wild rides. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the first and the fifteenth of the month, and I have my tris- trusty producer Jen with me today. Hi, Jen. Oh, it's nice to know I'm trusty. You are trustable, trusty. <laughs> you're the only one who can push the buttons too. So I'm really glad to have you on. <laughs> that's that's only
2: because you don't have buttons. If you had I buttons, would, I, I would, don't. I, I would buttons. absolutely trust
1: you to push them. No, you would not. I could push the nuclear button. I don't know. what. <laughs> so glad to have you on today. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you. As we record, uh, Ocala, Florida is creeping carefully out of winter towards springtime, so I'm very excited the, to uh, not have to wear a long-sleeve shirt. Oh,
1: shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> It's that cold, huh? A long-sleeve it's, shirt. It's that cold. It's that cold. Oh, We're such wimps. I know you've gone with you've gone, with. but you're heading to PA you're he- heading to Philadelphia. I think for Ada, you're going to get cold again.
2: Yes. As we record, uh, we were, we are fixing to go up to the American equestrian trade association trade show in Philadelphia, which happens twice a year. And that's where uh, manufacturers, distributors and retailers in the tack business all get together and show each other. What's, what's going to be coming up uh, new products, uh, place orders for products, uh, talk about things, and we get to see a lot of our sponsors while we're there. So it's great fun for yeah. us.
1: Yeah, that does sound like fun. You can see all the late, latest gadgets and gadgets.
2: Yes, and that's our always our favorite part is trying to, to find u- new and unique things and services. And uh, what we do there is we get together with... Um, familiar faces and new faces. And we record a show and we put that out on Monday morning. So you get to hear all about what's going on behind the scenes at Ada because it is not open to the public. Uh, you have to be in the trade, as they say to go. So the horses in the morning show, which is where we put that. It's the only way that the public gets to see behind the veil.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you, do you get, are they like cell phone? Um, phobic or do they, do they let you take a cell phone around there or do you, you do know, anything live?
2: Um, we will, we will do a couple of Facebook lives because they're fun. Okay. okay. The, the internet inside the building is tricky at best. So what we do now is we record the show and then put it on the feed. We used to do the show live. We'd set up the whole schmagega in there, all the computers <laughs> and all the microphones and the, in the big setup. Um, but it was really prob- pl- problematic for the technology so mm-hmm. now we just pre-record it. And some of the interviews we do on phone, sometimes they'll come over and sit down in front of the microphone. We've been going twice a year every year for, what, eight, nine years now in a row. So they're wow. kind of used to seeing us now. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> You're familiar now, huh? Yes. That's good. I guess that's good. I don't know. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so what's happening with your horses these days? What's going on in the horse world with you? Well, what's going on in the horse world? I had a an interesting epiphany today with Scooter.
2: Um one of the interviews we just recorded for a future upcoming show teaser no spoilers okay the guest talks about asking the horse to do things he doesn't want uh, doesn't like to do okay about consequences mm-hmm. and that it you have to be able to say no to your horse well scooter was a particularly distracted today he scooter is glenn's hackney pony who is naughty <laughs> on most days it's just his picture. <laughs> he's a pony he's a pony he's all pony and he was having a difficult time focusing and standing still for the farrier today there was a lot going on in the um, okay and when scooter gets distracted or stressed he moves around he paws and he bites uh, oh yeah mm-hmm. he's a bite he's a big biter he was really bad when we got him um, so the, the fur was struggling a bit, trying to get him to be still because he just is one of those ponies. He'll just jump up and he'll stand on one leg. Yeah. Well. So she, she got finished with his foot and I said, well, let me move him around. So I just took him out and I walked him up and down the aisleway a couple of times and he didn't really want to walk up and down the aisleway. He wanted to go over and sniff around and play with the, the construction materials, which were in the aisleway. <laughs> Uh, he wanted to play in that. He wanted to stomp on it and chew on it and push it around. And he wasn't allowed to do that. He had to go for a walk. And he got a little bit better. He was better than the next foot, but not really yeah. good. So the next foot, she puts it down. She's done. I said, "Well, let me take him and move him around again." And this time, um, I did the dooley dance, as you call it, with him.
1: Did you have the dooley on it?
2: I I didn't. It was it was oh. on the other side of the barn, and I couldn't get there. But it, it had the same. Sorry to do the dooley dance. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, Um, it had a similar effect, um, in that I backed him up, I brought him forward and I also moved him left, made him move sideways, left and right and left and right, back, forward, left, right, round and round and round. I did that for about three minutes and I, I kind of hustled him a little bit. I, I insisted that you move and you move your feet right now. And he is very, very into pressure, that pony. So pushing on him is not a constructive thing at all. (laughs) So I did that, and I, t- I tried to channel my inner Monty, okay. Okay, and I was good. very careful not to give him physical pressure that he could push back against, because that's counterproductive. And it was very interesting, because after the, about the third time, I said, you will move left, all four feet left, and you will move all four feet right, move right, move right away from me. I saw a little light bulb come on in his head, and then we walked back to where, we got the, where the farrier was working on him. And he stood still hmm. and it was very interesting. And I said, wow, this whole you know, move their feet. Mm-hmm. I was making him move his feet in a way that wasn't fun and games for him. He's yeah. like, well, that's no fun. That stinks. I don't want to do that. Not his idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was not his idea versus taking him out. And I could just hold the end of a long lead rope and chase him aggressively around in a circle not that's I don't end up with a quiet pony. I end up with a pony that says, okay, if you
1: want me to be further away from you, that's exactly where I'm going. He can escalate. Yeah. It's, uh, so yes. it's a little bit distractibility, but also he's understanding that you're wanting him to move a little bit. And he's getting that that's all you're going to ask for, which is good. So I like a combination of distractibility and also... Uh, communicating enough to the horse where he starts to get you. And that, that takes relationship, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. you probably been doing this fairy thing with him for a while now. <laughs> yes. Are you usually the one who holds?
2: I, I always hold for the farrier. And he was mm-hmm. one of those that started out really, really bad for the farrier. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, nowadays, he's much better. But again, there was so much activity in the barn. He just wanted to be, he wanted to participate. He wanted to be in the activity. And my farrier, bless her heart, good old Auntie Cindy, she totally gets scooter. She said, there's there just go. too much um, stimulus here, isn't there? And I said, right. oh, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. overstimulated. She said, that's okay. We'll work through this. I'll do this foot. We'll put it down, and you you do do what you need to do with him, and then we'll do the next foot. And as right. we got yeah. along, by the time we got to the fourth foot, I had the normal, reasonably behaved scooter back. And I, it was just kind of cool. It was a light bulb moment for me, too, that um, taking that three-minute break between hooves, to say, you need to pay attention to me and you need to move exactly here and exactly here with your feet and I'm going to keep moving you. And then coming back, oh, thank goodness I get to stand still because
1: (laughs) moving my feet like that sucks but without revving him up too, which is what you're saying. And, and that's, that's wise too. And, you know, it's so funny because some people will say, Oh, taking that time out to move him around a little bit and everything. But the whole thing takes a lot longer if you get into a meltdown situation too, or, you know, an argument. So, um, exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. And and your dad frequently says, um, to get something done quickly, go slow. Exactly. And I I say, well, you know, why not? We're going to take that three minutes. That's not very long. Three minutes. So what? Um, and it, it paid dividends and I'm very excited now right. the next time we have them in the barn and we have a lot of activity going on to see if it takes instead of three different three minute sessions of moving my feet around. Right. Right. It's going it to take one or two, or two. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really excited about it now. So I'm kind of, I'm
1: kind of, <laughs> proud of you. I'm kind proud excited to see really if my good. pony's naughty again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're looking forward to that. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And they're smart, you know, so you're, you're, playing into their intelligence, which is smart. You understand it. You're, you're helping him and you're building that relationships so that he gets you and you get him too. So, Hey,
2: really awesome. Neat. Yeah.
1: Really, really cool. awesome. Yeah. Amps up the fun factor as, as a, uh- you know a thousand say? percent absolutely as jamie would say that's true and um and you know fun for them too so good for you i mean if they have to put up with their feed gosh you know then uh, we might as well give them something to think about or to do so and i'm sure your farrier loves you a lot for thinking through too you know it's hard to keep good farriers so but she's she's a
2: she's a lovely horsewoman she is she's is genuinely empathetic to the horse's needs absolutely
1: well good Okay. Well, we, we have been anticipating this now since uh, a couple of months ago where we back on Turkey day back. That's right. In November, uh, we did a couple of of interviews that I had been working to get together for a long time. And it was so exciting to talk to uh, Boyd Martin and and put dad on the phone, Monty Roberts on the phone with him to talk about, they were going to actually talk about what they were going to do together. And they have done now in January, which turned out to be so much fun fun in Temecula, California, they work together. Um, Boyd even did a join up in the round. I, know, pit.
2: I read an article <laughs> on that. That was
3: so cool.
1: Really good. He was really, even a trooper, you know, for people who don't always work from the ground with horses, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a duck out of the water, a yeah, you know, fish sure. in the water, whatever. Sure. Um, moment and you put your ego on the line but you know an olympian can handle that stuff most of the time and and he's a good horseman and so they had a lot of fun and then they you know they did a little bit of um uh well boy taught a jumping lesson really out there and dad was uh, demonstrating reining and how dressage and raining go together. It was really a dressage symposium out there with some really top names. Stefan Peters wandering around, Legolos, his his amazing horse wandering around, and um, just saw a lot of cool things. So we wanted to make sure that we did put the full interview that came from November out to the to the podcast sphere here and so this is the what you got a tease of in November the full interview between Boyd Martin and Monty Roberts and uh, then we'll take a break and we'll come back and do the uh, Wendy Malik who's an American actress um, who did an interview for us on the, um, the November, episode and we did not put that whole thing up And she came on with the uh, Keith Dane who is the director for equine protection at HSUS um, and they're all working together on the wild mustang and doing some improving of lifestyle there if possible yeah, so yeah. you'll be interested in this pretty cool I'm, I'm so excited for everybody to get to
2: hear the whole thing I was there when it got recorded so I got to hear the whole thing and Boyd of course delightful and Wendy Malick spoiler alert delightful. So, let's hear from Omega Fields and then we'll get right to it. Your horse is your partner in sport, in leisure, and just in life. To keep him at his peak performance and optimal health, a solid nutritional foundation is key. Ideally, horses are able to graze fresh growing grasses, which most closely mimic their natural diet, but that may not always be possible. And we may need to supply some of those missing ingredients in today's diets and provide more functional foods. One component of a horse's diet that is often underfed are omega-3 fatty acids. While more prevalent in fresh forages, harvested forages are lower in omega-3 fatty acids due to their more advanced maturity. Obviously, grasses and legumes have to grow to a sufficient height in order to be harvested, while foraging patterns of horses show great preference for shorter, less mature plants. That's why modern horsemen and horsewomen trust Omega Horseshine to provide a powerful, bountiful source of omega-3 fatty acids for their equine partners. Look for Omega Horseshine from Omega Fields at your local Tack and Feed supplier, or you can find them online at omegafields.com.
1: Boyd Martin is a top U.S. eventing team member, the top U.S. finisher at two World Equestrian Games, and a member of the 2012 and 2016 U.S. Olympic eventing teams. And Monty Roberts recently was named by Horse and Hound Magazine's 50th 50 all-time greatest Horseman. Uh, and Boyd Martin and Monty share their goals for 2018. Listen in. How are you, Monty?
4: I'm good. How are you? Oh, very good, very good. I've, uh, I've I'm a bit starstruck. I've uh, I've been a member in the crowd at a number of your clinics
5: over the years, so it's uh,
4: it's amazing to be actually talking to you.
5: Well, thank you very much. I um, I'm having a good time here. They're working me hard, but I love it. What have What have you got going on,
4: Monty, It's uh, it's very quiet. We're at the, the end of our eventing season, so uh, we're. We're regrouping and reloading and, and getting all fired up for next year's uh, eventing season. So uh, the uh, the winter se- season starts down in Florida for us um, in uh, January. So at the November and December, I'm off to Japan next week to teach a clinic over there, and then talking at the eventing convention in uh, California, and then and I better get back and ride some horses. So.
5: Oh, that's great. That's super. Um, What about
4: yourself? Where are you at the moment?
5: Well, I'm in Bremen, Germany, up at the top of uh, Germany, and I just completed a tour in Germany, and before that, a tour of England, and uh, I actually had a a lot of eventers uh, on my list of people to meet while I was in England. Mm. That's fantastic. Yeah, kamikazes, I call them. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But... um, it's, it's just been fantastic. And I, I have to say, Debbie's asking me to talk about what's on my mind with horses. I don't know if you know it, Debbie, but we just had a granddaughter of Quebrada sell for, um, in Keeneland, uh, for the Jacobs family. Did you know that?
1: No, I, I didn't. This that. is news. You did. Well, yeah. Happened? I bought
5: Quebrada, uh,
1: yeah.
5: many years ago. And, uh, I got a lot of criticism by the German people because she was too light-boned and stuff like that. But uh, she was the champion two-year-old filly here, and then she became the champion three-year-old filly and classic winner here in Germany. And then they began to breed her, and she raised some pretty good babies. And she just had um, a granddaughter. That is to say, her her daughter produced one. Mm -hmm. So it's the same family. Uh, just brought three point six million at oh, uh, wow. in Lexington Gosh. at public auction. So I'm um, I'm back on the high list. <laughs> with, uh,
4: I, I hope with, you I hope you're ringing your German mates and just r- reminding them of their comments, Monty.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I tell you, uh, it, it, it it was something. And I started a half sister to her today. Put the first rider on today, and uh, oh wow it it's it's so gratifying to have these things happening and um i bought another one called um uh spirit of eagles and she produced silvano and he's just become the leading sire of uh south africa and uh actually he's breaking all records as the sire of south africa so it oh, it's amazing. really going well not that it bring, puts any money in my account but um <laughs> but you it's know you honor. get them. it's all yeah. Honored. Yeah, it's honour and it's credibility for mm-hmm. the methods, anyway.
1: You know, Boyd has uh, he has a story on and off the track thoroughbred that's done pretty well with him too. I don't know if you want to yeah. share that, Boyd, but uh, that might be news to Dad.
4: Yeah, well, I've got two actually. I'm um, mm-hmm. the horse I rode at the Rio Olympics last year's got a fantastic story. Monty, it uh, it it um, it's a beautiful American thoroughbred bred in Kentucky and. Uh, was a a terrible race horse and it ended up through to it ended up in one of those thoroughbred adoption programs and uh oh yeah a rider out in california found it and and redirected its career and got it started and and then uh i stumbled across it and got a group to buy the horse and it ended up at the uh the rio olympics and uh so it really opened a lot of doors and a lot of interest to the uh, you know American thoroughbred owners or breeders and lovers, basically. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm off to Japan actually next week um, thanks oh, great. to Godolphin who um, saw oh, the yeah. story and he wants oh, to see a, great. a, a lot that's... of the thoroughbreds in Japan. Have a second career once they're finished up with racing. So uh, yeah. I've uh, got a bit of a mission to go over there to Japan and try and educate some of the Japanese riders of how to potentially pick a slower or retired racehorse and and give him a, a second career in in life over there in Japan. So that's uh, oh that's super that's where I'm heading. Yeah, so that's super boy.
5: Good. Yeah, you know, I go from here to Hong Kong where they've got a horse waiting for me, I'll ask you what I should do with this horse. Uh, <laughs> they, if, they enter him in, if they enter him in a mile race, he runs about a half, he's already won 300,000 or something, so he really can wow. run. But wow. the last, the last three or four races, he runs about a half a mile and then just stops. Oh my gosh, just stops dead? He just stops and he waits there and as the others are finishing the race, then he runs like hell and and crosses the line and everything. Uh, I've seen videos of it, and he's flying at the end.
4: Oh, my gosh. Now, I've got no idea when when that happens. We have that happen sometimes in eventing when uh, the cross-country course goes a little bit close to the barns or the stabling of the event. There's a couple of horses that I think... uh, would rather be back in their stall, and, and we see that a bit. But I've never heard of that in a race. So I'd be I'll be very I'll be interested to see how you uh you thought that one out.
5: It, uh, well, I'm it, it I'm listening. Quite a I'm, I'm listening. If you've got any suggestions, I've never had <laughs> this problem before. So uh, I don't know. He's well, you, uh,
4: you probably made a, a name for yourself, Monty, over the years. I remember watching you in Australia uh, as a young boy. Uh, You were doing a a masterclass at a place called Equitana, which was down in um, Melbourne. Oh, yeah. uh, You were doing a demonstration of uh, racehorses that um, struggled going into the starting gates and you you put a blanket over them and and, uh, it made them feel a a lot more relaxed. So I'm sure um, a lot of the the racing uh, enthusiasts probably look to you for, for all sorts of for fixes for their for their their resources that that come up short in one small department.
5: Yeah, well, it's actually true, but they think I have a magic wand or something. I don't know <laughs> what to do with this horse.
1: <laughs> I don't. know. We'll do I've a follow up story on that one. I think.
6: What were you going to say? Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I've got some uh, work to do with him, but um, I've got some thoughts on it. But they've given me four days to get it fixed.
4: Holy moly, talk about pressure. Talk about pressure. (laughs) I was always amazed actually watching your clinic, you know, when someone uh, brought you a, you know, obviously a a horse that someone's made a mess of and it's frightened and terrified. And, uh, you know, like, you know, like I train young horses or or start young horses myself and I I take days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. And uh, I was always very, very impressed watching you being able to to turn a horse around in you know, and get them confident in such a short amount of time. And uh, it was uh, impressive because I, I find that I make improvements with horses over a long period of time, but you're a, a magician when it comes to, you know, you see? A, a short session or two,
7: uh, <laughs> it's uh, see, pretty impressive.
5: You, you use the word magician, you see, and now I'm all messed up because I've got to provide uh, magic <laughs> every time I go somewhere I had a horse the other night, Boyd, in Berlin. Okay, and it was it was pouring it was pouring down with icy rain, and oh. they had come that day, riding twenty miles from home because it, for four years they haven't been able to load it uh, on a trailer. So right. I, I always t- tell my owners that if I can't load the horse, I have to ride it home for you, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> and they said that, that that this one would take a minimum of four to six hours uh, uh, to load, even if you tranquilized it. And oh I took the horse. I took the horse, and I I read um, mistakes that they were making, and I did some things with it, and led it over to the trailer. And in about fifteen seconds, it was in the trailer, and I was Holy certainly mama. happy with that. I didn't want to ride that son of a gun home. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my God. Well, I actually think, um, I think in January of next year, Monty, we're, um, we're going to be working at the same, um, exhibition. I, I think, uh, in California somewhere, I, I hear that I might be going over there to do a, a, a clinic, um, in front of a crowd in eventing. And, and you're also going to be, um, putting on a, on a show at the same venue at the same spot, which will, uh, It'd be a bit of a dream come true for me, Monty. Uh, from a, a, a fan and a spectator all these years to uh, actually working in a in the same building as you is uh, a, quite an honour and uh, very exciting. And uh, all my friends and family from Australia uh, were chuckling when I told them that that this opportunity is coming up. So uh, looking yeah. forward to that. Well, I'm um, excited
5: I, about I, that. I think yeah. it's Del Mar. Uh, yeah.
1: Tem- Temecula, in this case. I, I think oh, this Temecula. Is, yeah, okay. it's Galway. Galway and Temecula, but there will be, um, other parts of the series in Delmar, so it's kind of a, a loop of early January to early February I think yeah. it ends up with Charlotte Dujardin and, and there's a lot of great greats in there but you guys Fantastic. kick it off you two are the greats that kick it off and we're really excited to see you two together on that so I, I hear I think Boyd's going to bring some really nasty horses is what I heard and he's going <laughs> to oh have to <you> <laughs> no, I'm kidding
4: yeah, i I, I going to start challenging you Monty we've got to find a couple <laughs> The horses in Temecula that, that
5: go. are really struggling. <laughs> <The> <laughs> well, i get out my magic still.
1: one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> get that magic one. <laughs> no, but that'll be really fun. And, and uh, people will have to look on our website for that. We do have those dates up there and some links to those and get that promotion going too. But right now, I'd love to hear... Boyd Martin's ultimate horsey Christmas gift. I don't care if it was something in your past or your present or your future. What are you thinking about? The a, a horsey gift. Oh yeah. my God, you put me on oh, the spot there. I know, right on the spot. That's true. It, well, it's Christmas coming um, up, so you got to think about these things.
4: I know, I know. Well, uh, let's see. I mean, the uh, all the staff that work for me, um, we uh, we live in a beautiful uh, part of America called um, the Chester Chester County region, sort of not far from Philadelphia. And uh, and uh, unfortunately, my my stable or my barn years and years ago burnt down. And uh, to replace it, we ended up getting a basically a temporary um, load of um, stables. You know, sort of prefabricated stables. Mm. They were second hand, and we. It's a funny story. Actually, we we bought, I had to buy them off a, a gangster that was in prison. So uh, oh. my stable block—it's full of uh, some incredibly talented horses. There's uh, Olympic horses and World Equestrian Games horses that fly all over the world. But they live in a very, very modest stable block. It's um, um, uh, sort of two windows, and it's not very winterized. And uh, so over over Christmas. Um, Sometimes my staff look like they're about to quit just because if it snows or rains or it's icy or whatever, it's just miserable yeah. because they're they're just stables facing each other and the the horses are quite happy, but the staff uh, the staff um, who are uh, doing all the the hard work are, are pushing you know wheelbarrows down between them in tough conditions. So at this time of the year, my my holiday is. Um, you know, to a present to all of them. I sort of get out there and and give them a hand, obviously. And there's no riding on Thanksgiving and uh, and Christmas Day, and uh, try and get in there and uh, get get all the hard work done with them, and um, and uh, and let everyone have a, a nice easy day without all the training for for a couple of those holiday days. So that's uh, and then we in the beginning of January we migrate south. We go to a place called um, Aiken, South Carolina, which um is a lot warmer and a, a lot fancier stable we we rent a beautiful uh, uh stable and training complex called stable view in Aiken South Carolina and um it is unbelievably beautiful and well built and uh and just as I think all my staff are about to leave me we get down there and they're uh, they're in heaven they're in heaven and, they, and then I can hang on to them for another year so that's, uh, yeah. that's basically <laughs> my uh my juggling act for winter.
5: Uh, well, I've your, been your to gift. Aiken. Awesome. I've been to Aiken several times, and it is a enchanted area, particularly for horses.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a really really amazing uh, community. It's um, there's a lot of fox hunting down there. Polo, the eventers all go there. There's a lot of jumping there in the in the summer, um, and uh, we uh, it's our second home basically. We uh, it's a bit of an operation. We have to. Pack everything up, move all the horses, all the staff, and for three months of the year. And and there's a competition circuit down there, so it's a it's a little bit of a, a gypsy a gypsy movement for a couple of months until <laughs> we get back to Pennsylvania
5: when the weather uh, gets a little nicer.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. good. Yeah, well,
1: wonderful. that's
5: great. I I hope you have a good time there and a good Christmas. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Well, thank you guys both for your Christmassy messages to us, and I'm just so glad that you both got together and were able to talk a little bit before we see you all in Temecula coming up here pretty soon, California.
5: Super! I all think right. the sixth well, of well, January, something
4: like
1: yeah, that. Yeah, that's right, that's right.
4: Well, yeah. good luck with that horse in Hong Kong, Monty. I'll be. Uh, <laughs> it's the
5: Debbie will have I'm to gonna, let I'm you know. I'm going to
4: be asking you about when I see you in yeah. California <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. you came up with the magic one.
5: I'm that's not right. sure about this one, Boyd.
1: <laughs> this may be the one. Don't wine, let him huh? down.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: All right, you two. Thanks very much, and Merry Christmas.
5: Right. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you both.
4: Bye-bye. Okay.
6: bye-bye. Hi, Carol Herder here, President of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting, summer stories of challenges and a few are downright sad recently a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand it started out as a really scary story we were holding our breaths waiting for the outcome and it turned out wonderful They winched the horse out, relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his Cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to Cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on, they stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots.
1: American actress Wendy Malick spent her girlhood summers at Lake Erie at her grandfather's house where she discovered that she wanted to be an actress and where she also nurtured her love of animals. She's a winner of a Golden Globe and two Emmy Award nominations. Wendy has starred in American Housewife, NCIS, Rush Hour, Law and & Order, and the HBO series Dream On, Just Shoot Me, and Hot in Cleveland. That's the one everybody knows. And Keith Dane is with her, and he is the director of equine protection for the HSUS. Well, welcome. We have a team of wonderful horse lovers on the line. We have Wendy Malik, Keith Dane, and Monty Roberts. Hi, Wendy. So glad to have you on here.
7: Oh, I like this company very much.
1: Isn't this good company?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and
1: Keith, company. Keith Dane, who's a animal advocate and also works with the Humane Society as their equine uh, protection manager, of, a director of. And Monty Roberts, who I'll brag on you, Dad, um, you were named uh, one of the top 50 horsemen uh, of all time this last year in the Horse and Hound magazine and uh, a regular on your own podcast here called Horsemanship Radio. Um, I'd like to start with you, Dad. Um, I'd like you to bring Wendy into the conversation about uh, the upcoming Christmas and aspirations that you have for 2018, and just let you two horse lovers talk, and Keith and I will listen in and be here if you need us.
5: Well, hello, Wendy. I've been reading about you, and um, it's, it's great to be on with you. I've known Keith for some time now, and uh, we're aligned in so many ways uh, for the betterment of the equine species. Um, And Debbie asked me that question, you know, what would you think would be a great gift for Christmas? Uh, How would you like to receive something? And, you know, Wendy, I've, I've really been busy since 1989 when the Queen said, you've got to take all this to the world. And you've got to change the world and pull this violence out of the training of horses. And so my time with the Mustangs has been limited. Um, but really with the Mustangs out there in Northern Nevada, where the numbers are the greatest has been almost non-existent. And if someone walked up to me and said, look, I'm going to give you some time off. I don't know how you do that, but you can write a certificate, I guess. I'm going to give you some time off, and I'm going to send you up to the Elko area, maybe out to Duckwater or one of those places where you've uh, been before where the wild horses, the Mustangs, um, run out there in herds of 20 and 30 and just let you ride around and sleep in a sleeping bag and, and get to know them again on their level. I would just love it. I would absolutely love it if I could get back out there and just take the time to really get to know them again like I used to know them and knew them so well in the 40s and 50s.
7: Okay. I wish you could do that. This would be so amazing if you could do that
5: now. Yeah. It was in the 50s, uh, Wendy, that I said, instead of building more corrals and uh instead of flying more helicopters over them, if if you guys with the BLM, if you could put together funds for uh, reducing the numbers of foals by uh, some form of uh, control, birth control, that's the where to put your money because this storage and looking for for adopters is just off the charts you you, you're never going to get there so what do we have now 43,000 or something of them some stupid number like that uh hanging out in these corrals and actually being born in the corrals um it's it's just dreadful it's not intelligent horsemanship or intelligent business of any kind
7: No, I absolutely agree with you, and you took the words right out of my mouth. It is something where I was unaware of the wild horse population until about 10 years ago, and Deanne Stillman, who wrote the wonderful book Mustang, brought it to me and said, there's a character in here, Wild Horse Annie, that I want you to to look at. I think this would make a great movie, and I was stunned by what this woman had achieved, and the fact that we had these wild horses at liberty in in our western states and so few people realize that they're still out there and that they have earned a place on our lands and now they are systematically being removed and as you know and you just said those pens are like concentration camps and these once beautiful wild animals that ran free and were healthy and could be sustained and can be can be controlled in terms of population with pvp and various things Um, it's a waste of money, and it's a crime to see these magnificent animals taken out of their earned homeland. And um, yep. it's, But it all comes down to money, and we need to really educate people about what, what, how important and valuable they are to, to our whole Western psyche. It's so much a part of where we all come from. And uh, We adopted two of those Mustangs uh, seven years ago from Netta, De Mayo at Return to Freedom, the sanctuary. And they yeah. came from the chalice herd, and they are two of the most remarkable creatures I have ever lived with. We've had horses here. I live in the Santa Monica Mountains for, for the last 22 years. But these two wild ones are a whole other animal. They are so curious and so... Eager and so just want to hang with you. I mean, they're just—they're really quite amazing creatures, and uh, yeah, they have enhanced my life so much
5: being around them. Well, we're kinfolk in that area uh, because I just love them to death, and they have something about them that is so unique when compared with the domestic horses, um, as you suggest. And uh, you know, in Australia right now. They're controlling the numbers. You know how they do it. With darts. No.
7: They keep the. They machine uh, gun uh,
5: them from helicopters and let them lie dead oh. in the desert. And yeah. uh, and, 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 and uh, there are many people in the United States that feel that's where we're headed in our country too. And yeah. it's just diabolical to think that we would <laughs> treat these animals this way. And uh, Australia just stood by and let it happen until they were do- damaging with overpopulation to the extent that when they suggested just flying over them and machine gunning them, uh, it passed and they did it. Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Oh, this is when I'm embarrassed to be a human being.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm so glad you two exist because without your voices and, and your influence, we wouldn't really be able to go in a direction. People feel pretty helpless that way. But you do have some things coming on with this uh, darting and and some birth control. I know it's expensive, but as opposed to what does it I cost know. to maintain yeah, those
7: yeah, keeping them exactly. in in yeah, keeping them in those in the holding facilities is costing the taxpayers a lot of money, and it's unnecessary.
1: Exactly.
7: And Keith can probably weigh in now about you know there is hope, and thankfully the Senate in their appropriations bill, Keith, do you want to talk about that for a second because we were really feeling so discouraged that they were going to actually shoot a lot of the animals or give them to yeah. the uh, to get them to kill yeah. buyers because they just said they can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Yes. Well, this
0: is a, an issue of what's sustainable. It's not sustainable to let horses continue to breed out in the in the western states and uh, remove them. Whatever you're going to do with them, remove them to sell them, remove them to adopt them out, or remove them and put them in long term holding. It's not sustainable because the horses will continue to reproduce. It's just a simple of uh, uh, equation uh, of biology. So. um For years, the Humane Society of the U.S. and others have been urging the Bureau of Land Management to manage the population humanely on the range through the use of immunocontraception. There there are several drugs out there, but there's one that's highly effective, known as PZP, that can prevent the mares from getting pregnant. It lasts up to two years. Um, The issue is that you have to treat them every two years, and BLM has not been willing to use its budget to do that. Um, But Congress has in the past mandated that they use a certain percentage of their budget for this management, uh, population management means, and they've failed to do that. And so now they've got what they consider a crisis. It's really a self-imposed crisis in that there are way too many horses being held. There are more horses being bred out on the range, and they don't know what to do with them all. And there have been those who advocate for going out and killing them, as Monty suggested, which, of course, is horrible and totally unacceptable. So we continue to press the Bureau of Land Management to make greater use of immunocontraception. I think the public is going to demand it. It's really the only sustainable solution in the long term. And we certainly have uh, friends and advocates in Congress who are willing to keep going to bat for the horses. But, you know, these horses don't make anyone any money. There are other uses for this land where people are making money, whether it's ranchers or mining interests or even hunters um, that take, you know, pack trips out to hunt uh, wildlife. But the horses don't make any money, which is why we need to be their voice and speak up for them. And Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to have you, Wendy, and you, Monty, uh, in their corner because we need strong uh, voices that others will listen to just like yourselves.
7: You know, I wonder too about people, you know, like what Madeline Pickens did, and I know some of it's been controversial, but, but when people are talking about, you know, there's, there are a few things more, more stunningly beautiful and enchanting than seeing horses running wild on our public lands. And if there were ways that people could somehow marry that to ecotourism, where people could get out among them. I mean, Monty, you were talking about sleeping out in a sleeping bag, which I know you would do. There are a lot of people who might have some trepidation about that. But just for your average person to be able to know there was a place where you could take your family and actually see horses wild and out there running free, that is just one of the most electrifying experiences and it, I think it would change the hearts and minds of so many if they had a chance to see it up close.
5: It's it's so true, Wendy, and, you know, I was up there, the last time I was up there was about uh, 20 years ago, maybe 18. But um, there were a lot more ranchers than the government lets you know about who, yes. who want the Mustangs to live. Um, they say the ranchers all have to get rid of them because they're taking the feed from the cattle and stuff and the hunters want to get rid of them and they they paint everybody with the same brush. But there's Mm -hmm. ranchers out there that love these Mustangs and they would like a controllable number uh, Mm -hmm. on their properties uh, just because they love them. And and we don't give those people credit enough. Uh, We just have to come up with some kind of a system whereby the ranchers can count on a limited number of horses, which doesn't have to be minute, but ought to be certainly controllable, and, but
7: sustainable, uh, yeah, sustainable, but not not too much, and that's a fine, yeah. that's a, an interesting balance. But what you're talking about seems to be the problem that we have in in every area right now. It's not us and them. It really is a place where where do we come together, and where can we find a solution that that is fair to both sides, and that is yeah. humane, but is also sane and and sustainable. And I think yeah. that's where I I so admire you know what they do at HSUS because Wayne is sort of my hero when it comes to that in terms of really being able to be respectful to the other side or to both sides and bring people together in a in a calm and thoughtful mm-hmm. way so that everyone's yeah. voice is heard because otherwise we're just going to continue on sort of preaching to the choir but we don't we don't win over any of of our opponents mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's so true. Well, I would love to have you, Wendy, visit. I, I don't know if Keith has seen our Gentling pens on the property or not. I know you've been on the property, Keith, but um, did did you ever get to see our Gentling pens, Keith? Yeah, it's
7: quite amazing.
1: Yes, it is amazing. Yeah. And Wendy, you're not that far away. Uh, no, there is.
7: Actually, yeah, I went. You, I was on Flag Is up once. And um, oh. I actually bred one horse. I'm very into rescuing and adopting, but I never had children. So I said, can we just have one baby? Oh,
1: yeah. So the, I bred, supposedly rosebud. <laughs> yeah. And I
7: came and looked at one of your stallions. Monty oh. and it was it was like fire could have been coming out of his nostrils he was so magnificent but he was so big and so strong and I thought yeah I think that's too much horse for me <laughs> so we ended up um we ended up with a buckskin a buckskin dad and and she threw a buckskin and I was there and helped birth him and it was one of the most beautiful nights of my life so that was my experience with childbearing oh
5: it's a good way but I to never
7: it. did get to see your gentling times I'd love to come see that
5: well, I, I would love to have you there when we have one of the courses in Gentling Wild Horses.
7: That would be um, great. Oh, that would I'm be
5: great. trying to get people to get interested in that and know more about the Mustang and, and the potential for the Mustang to be a wonderful partner. But the, the courses are hard to fill Wendy, because I don't know, people just don't know the value of, uh, of our Mustangs and, I think yeah. we we fell short in educating the people as to their wonders.
7: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we need to do a little film about that because um I, you know, between Netta and her her horses, she's uh, got some wonderful babies that are born there that with pregnant mares that she's taken on and, you know, if you've got some there, I'm sure we can figure out a way to maybe get this out there so more people see just how amazing these creatures are. I I yeah, we got and, our and... I think they were one and a half
5: when we rescued our two. <laughs> uh huh. Well, in, in that regard, we have a l- miles of footage of what we've already done there that mm-hmm. could be uh, be rolled into, uh, you know, a production whereby we try to educate the people as to the value of the Mustang. Um, yeah.
7: yeah. So that
5: that footage is there for anybody to use in any way they can to improve the life of these horses. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. We should. Talk
7: further let's do about that. that.
1: Oh, we've got a project. Good. Uh, Wendy, let's let's uh, figure out now what your horsey fantasy is for Christmas here. What's your horsey ultimate gift for Christmas? I hear it coming, I think.
7: Well, it's it's very much along the lines of what Monty was talking about. You know, I I got to see them in the wild and then I went to one of the roundups as, as a as a witness. Um, years ago with actually someone from the SPCA and someone from the Humane Society. And they wouldn't let us get too close, but we were able to see what happens in a helicopter roundup. Mm-hmm. And it just broke my heart. You look sure. at these magnificent animals that were all so healthy. And the added you know, benefit of them being in the wild, which I'd never thought of, but someone explained, because of the way they forage, they actually keep the brush down. So in many mm-hmm. ways, they, they can do. help prevent forest fires. And they tend to poop around trees, which is really good for the trees and helps fertilize them. And, I mean, there is a there is a real positive effect of having wild horses on our land. Um, nope. But seeing them rounded up that day and particularly watching the stallion be ripped from his herd mm-hmm. just broke my heart. And mm-hmm. I just thought, yeah. why are we doing this? What? Yeah. There's got to be a better way. There's just got to yeah. be a better way.
1: Great. So, so you're Yes. Yeah, my go Christmas
7: ahead. wish would be that we somehow come to the table together and figure out how do we get horses back where they belong, do it in a sane and thoughtful way, work with UC Davis and all those wonderful people that have come up with these really good ways of keeping the population down, and try that for a year and see if that doesn't work better. You know, try to just...
5: I'm on your team. Madness. I'm on your team. <laughs> Yay. I'll do what I can.
7: Well, Monty, you, you have inspired me and so many of us for so long. And seeing you at the LA Equestrian Center about 10 years ago, you changed my life. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, there is such a better way to do this. There's so much better way to – it's the way that I've always dealt with dogs. And it's not – It's not. there's no violence. There's no anger. It all comes from wanting them to come to you. And particularly with horses, that whole idea of of them – trusting you and of, of you taking their lead and, and sort of understanding them and getting inside their head. It, just, it was really extraordinary to watch you to just calm and well, gentle these horses instead of breaking them.
5: Well, thank you for that. I'm still at it, and I just completed a tour that I sincerely believe was the best tour in terms of how the demos turned out, um, the best tour I've done in my entire career.
7: Did they? You've been? Have you been in Europe for a
5: while? I I was sixteenth uh, tw- uh, of September. I was uh, starting my tour in England, and I went through the month of October, starting babies on weekdays for Her Majesty the Queen, and then weekends doing my uh, demonstration tours, and then on the fourth of November I came to Germany. And uh, here I'm doing private work for the Jacobs family, and then I did four weekend demonstrations here in Germany. And I go straight down to um, Frankfurt now on the fourth of December, and off to Hong Kong. Wow! And uh, got some work to do in Hong Kong.
7: You got some serious mileage going for you, don't you? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, your, your kids
7: fly free for a long time. So, did you find? I'm curious to know. Did you meet with any resistance with your way of working? Were there people who were who were somewhat on the fence about whether or not to go with your with your way of of training?
5: Wendy, listen to this one. Listen, you jerk. You're the we. You, you ought to be killed. I think I can shoot you right through that round pen. You know you're making a mockery of every good horseman that ever lived, and you can say I'm wrong, but you can't say my daddy was wrong, yes. and uh, he was the greatest horseman that ever lived and i I whooped on my kids, and it didn't hurt them either. Mm. Oh, my me. life was threatened at least once a week uh, from the time my book first book came out
7: and you know a lot you know something about that having grown up with a very tough dad. I remember reading about
0: you. You
1: 72 know, that, broken old, that bones old cowboy before.
7: head.
5: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But he's broken that. He's broken that. Not and like
5: the horses. It, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's lot, lot cycle. better. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot better. I, I've broken the cycle. I certainly have. That's right. But um, the world is, is better. Yeah. And this, this lady called Queen Elizabeth II has been so influential. Um, That's the people great. The world just doesn't champion. know. Yeah. Sorry?
7: She's been a champion of yours.
5: She has, and the world just simply doesn't know how much she's done to be uh, an influence for good. But I'm working right now to try to get uh, improvement in that category.
1: Good. wonderful well thank you guys i I so appreciate we've got this uh what three continents we're representing here we've got keith out in hawaii we've got wendy here in the los angeles area and dad all the way in bremen germany that's about as cold a corner as you can find in germany too Uh, i appreciate you guys taking out the time um it's almost christmas and we're real excited to put this out for our radiothon and when people a bunch of christmas gifts and presents but mostly i think we've done a lot of good for horses in this conversation and i think i hear a couple of projects coming out of it that could be really exciting for 2018
5: well, i hope so wendy it's good to meet you this way i i want to see you on flag is up and we'll we'll get together on that but keith keep working on it man and i'm i'm on your team
7: Thank you, Monty. And um, really I'm, I'm okay, very grateful it. to be on the same team with you guys, too. And, and Monty, I would love to follow up with you whenever you're back in this country.
6: Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word.
2: It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty.
6: Leave this world a better place than Magic in the language
3: of the food. Dear Monty, A lot of people in dressage believe in the need for stretching exercises for their horses in order to improve the collection of the horse. Does the Western Performance Horse need this? Monty's answer. If dressage horses need pre-session stretching to an extent of an 8 out of perfect 10, then Western horses need pre-session stretching at a 9.9 out of a perfect 10. It is my belief that a flexible and well-aligned cutting or reining horse is far better prepared to give you a top performance than one without those advantages. The Western horses here at Flag Is Up Farms go through an extensive daily stretching regime. Philip Rawls, who trains our Western horses, is a qualified equine physiotherapist and, like his father, Ron Rawls, has been a leader in this practice. Too many of us tend to allow our minds to travel differently if we think flat, saddle, or western. Our horses have little idea of what style saddle goes on their backs, and their physiological needs are just as important no matter what the discipline. In our operation, I recommend the use of food to induce horses to execute the stretching procedures appropriate. I do not, however, recommend offering these tidbits from the human hand. Bits of carrot provide a palatable inducement. It is my recommendation that the horseman place the piece of carrot on a small hook that is fixed to the end of a stick, about three feet, one meter long. Very little time is required to educate the horse to the point where he can reach some weird places as to put a small bit of carrot from its hook. My horse, Nick, will crane his neck all the way to an area near either of his stifles for a bit of carrot. He will also drop his head and place it between his knees, reaching near halfway to his hocks in order to get his treats. Stretching the show jumper, the dressage horse, and the western horse is likely to prevent injuries and at the same time produce an anatomy that's more flexible. Obviously, the flexible anatomy is far more capable of athletic performance than the non-flexible one. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to
1: www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says Get Free Horse Tips.
5: Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner or the advanced rider, it doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forums. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. The wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. And March, he's going to be in England again. That's March 3rd at Myers Coe College, March 7th at Hadlow College, and March 17th at the Grange. And guess who he's with? Special guest, Martin Clunes. Everybody knows Doc Martin. And that's a wonderful show. Everybody should go there if you're anywhere nearby. And then he pops over the channel a little bit to uh, March 24. He has a special training in Dublin, Ireland. We've got three instructors there in charge of that. Be very fun. And then April 21st, he's back on the West coast of the United States in Thousand Oaks, California at the West coast dressage convention. And then May 23 and 24, he will be holding and uh, the first inaugural symposium we're calling the movement and it has all kinds of speakers, you look up information there, and the Certified Instructors meet up, and that's all in California. Then May 25 to 27, he has a Horse Sense and Healing going on in California, USA. And then July 23 through the 3rd of August is another Gentling Wild Horses course at Flagazette Farms. And then August sixth through 10, 2018, Monty's Special Training. It's five days at Flagazette Farms in California.
2: And if you did not commit all of that to memory, you can find all of that and much more at the website, MontyRoberts.com or you can give the folks over there at Flag Is Up Farms a holler on the phone. The phone number is 805-688-6288 And for details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com where you're going to find links, photos, and more information about our guests. And we love your feedback. We want to hear about what you think about the show guests. We think you think we should have topics that you think we should cover or just congratulatory pats on the back. We like that too. <laughs> we'll <laughs> take them. <laughs> you can find Monty Roberts on Facebook. Just type in Monty Roberts. Look for the one with the little blue check Mark. That's the official page, or you can follow Monty Roberts on Twitter, Twitter. It's Monty underscore Roberts. How about that? Mm-hmm. And Twitter, 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 uh, <laughs> Don't forget, you can't, you don't want to miss any, any shows. So download the app for your phone. You, if you have an Android or an iPhone, doesn't matter. Go to your app store, search Horse Radio Network, hit the download button. It's quick, it's free, and it's easy. And that way you can have
1: all the shows with you wherever you go. Yeah. Subscribe to it. It's easier. Then it just shows up in your feed. So it's great. And many thanks to our sponsors too. We've got Cavallo, Horse and Rider, my title sponsor, Omega Fields, and MontyRobertsUniversity.com. And be sure to visit all the other great shows too on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.